don't know about you, but I've recently had this weird craving for foods I've had when I was a kid. Have you ever had this before? Foods from like, okay, what food specifically? So a couple weekends, a couple weekends ago, I had a craving for a tombstone pizza, like frozen pizza. And I haven't had tombstone pizza in years. And yeah. for whatever reason, just boom, it hit me. And then this past weekend, I was walking by the frozen foods aisle and I saw toaster strudels and instantly had a, a craving for it. And we talked, I think we talked about it a couple week, weeks ago too. We did. Yeah. We had a conversation about toaster strudel. <laughs> and so I instantly had that craving and I ate an entire box of toaster strudels. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I have been just chowing down on old childhood foods and it's just some of that food is so bad. Like eating, when I was eating it, I, I mean, it was, it tasted fine, but it, I realized like it's not amazing food, but I loved it when I was a kid. Oh yeah, I mean, because it's, it's packed with sugar and salt and whatever mm-hmm. the fuck else kids love. Uh, <laughs> pretty much everything we enjoyed was that way. Yeah. Yep. I but, can't say I've ever craved an entire box of toaster strudel, <laughs> though. That's a little fucking extreme, if you ask me. Well, I ate it throughout the day, and oh well, then that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're only 180 calories a, a toaster strudel, so. Well, I can tell you this: you are definitely the first person to ever count the calories on a toaster strudel. <laughs> I just saw it on the outside of a box. I wasn't actually counting. <laughs> I don't think there's really any foods. I didn't really do a lot of sweets when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. I ate a lot of Pop-Tarts, brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Um, those things were fire. Uh, Frosted Flakes, honestly. Uh, those were, and, which I know that's like a boring-ass cereal for most yeah. most kids or whatever, but Frosted Flakes were my jam. I got down with Tony the Tiger all the time. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, yeah, Pop Tarts are definitely up there for me. Um, the brown, yeah, the brown sugar cinnamon. They're, I mean, that's basically the flavor of my childhood. Yeah, I think that's pretty common for kids our age. I, <laughs> I, I know that if you ask most kids our age what their favorite Pop Tart is, it's brown sugar cinnamon. Or they're wrong. Uh, <laughs> one or one or the other. I guess I don't know. Well, anyways, n- enough reminiscing about childhood foods. Even though I'll probably be doing more of it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to go to next. Maybe. Uh, some Ritz crackers with cheese in the middle. Dude, I eat Ritz crackers every day. <laughs> They're still fire. They are not. They are. They're buttery and delicious and salty. You could, you could fill, like, holes in a boat with that fucking cheese. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I didn't eat the cheese sandwich ones. I'm just talking about Ritz crackers. Oh, Ritz crackers are great. but Also, the, the peanut butter ones were way better. Yeah, they were. But, like, even that peanut butter was, like, pasty. It was all paste. It wasn't even, like, thick peanut butter or thick cheese. It was just paste. Yeah, it's gross. gross. It's the same. It actually tastes the same if you get cheese or peanut butter. It's just brown or yellow. <laughs> yeah, it's food coloring. <laughs> the worst food coloring ever. Um, but yes, anyway, welcome to episode 29. 29? 29? Of the SoCo Show. I'm Seth Ott. For at least a couple more weeks, I'll be the so host. Uh, with me here, as always, is the co-host for at least, again, a couple more weeks. Yeah, co-host in the house. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we made the bet because now you'll finally admit to it at least for a couple weeks. A couple weeks, yeah. You got until March. Well, be the we'd record it March sixth, so two or three episodes left. Uh, if you if you aren't caught up from last week, Seth and I are making a bet where each of us is going to pick the Oscar winners, and whoever does the best at picking the Oscar winners will get uh, either if Seth wins, 
I will no longer use the so-host and co-host titles. You mean when Seth wins. And when I win, (laughs) Seth will be watching and providing a review for The Matrix. Fucking finally. (laughs) Um, When I win, I still might do that anyway, just because we'll be out of the Oscar season. But, um, fuck, I didn't... Oh, sorry. You can cut that out. I still might watch that anyway, but chances are most people aren't caught up from last week because we had a sharp decline from the listenership from last week. I think that one person uh, turned off their their repeat. That I'm fucking right. I am definitely right about this because it was it's it's about a fourth of the people listened to it from last or a fifth of the people listened to it from last week. Well. I don't know how to explain that, but uh, I guess there are bound to be spikes. So welcome back to the folks that uh, did listen last week and the, the week eleven before. are back. We uh, we do definitely appreciate you, and and I think we've got a good show for you today as well. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl happens this weekend, so we're going to talk that in sports. We've got a couple bits of TV news. Going to kind of preface the new season of TV just a little bit. And uh, a lot of movie news, of course. Uh, Seth, I know we got to a few of the Oscar-nominated movies, so we've got a few of those to review. And then um, some Marvel news, as always, and uh, a couple couple other uh, pieces of et cetera as well. So let's get into it. But first, got to start with our Iron Sheik Tweet of the Week. I call you a punk. We got two two tweets this week, uh, both from the Grammys, and the Iron Sheik is talking about his favorite recording artist. Where the fuck is the Rob Thomas already? Fucking bullshit. Hashtag Grammys. <laughs> and then he fought. Did Rob Thomas? I didn't watch the Grammys. Did he no, show? he was nowhere near the Grammys. <laughs> he didn't show up. I watched the entire show. There was no Rob Thomas. <laughs> I was really hoping that he'd like... <laughs> God, I didn't watch it at all, but I was hoping Iron, like, Iron Sheik tweeted that and the Rob Thomas showed up, and then he did the second tweet. <laughs> Rob Thomas is the fucking goat. Hashtag Grammys. This is really weird because that's such a random... Like, if I if I walked up to you and said, hey, the Iron Sheik loves Rob Thomas, don't you think that would be the most random sentence you've ever heard in your life? Yeah, that's pretty random, but I mean, he also does have his profile picture with Dr. Drew holding a world championship title belt, so... That's true. I guess the Sheik has interesting heroes uh, because he is an interesting man. He is. But shout Oh, wait. Out. Holy crap. Hold on a second. <laughs> breaking Iron Sheik tweet. <laughs> this is right now breaking, we have breaking news? Yes. Hold on. <laughs> this is so fucking, this is weird. All right. God bless Rob Thomas and Matchbox 20. <laughs> Hashtag, right. hashtag State of the Union. As we're recording, he just tweets that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you can't beat that. We just got a live Iron Sheik Tweet of the Week. So th- I th- that's all. That's all. That's a, that's an Iron Sheik Tweet of the Week. I call you a punk. I'm floored, actually. The the coincidence of that uh, Iron Sheet thing just has me has me shook. I'm shook. And with that, of course, uh, it's time to get into the news, and we're going to start as we have been with Rob Thomas news. With Rob Thomas news, here's the new sounder for Rob Thomas news. Uh, Rob Thomas news. I don't know how Rob Thomas. I don't know any of his songs. It's like rain. That's not him. Oh, that's Alanis Morissette. I don't know. Fuck it. 
There's no Rob Thomas sounder. We got to go to video games. Video games. Whoa! This is always, uh, this is exciting. Something we've been looking forward to for a long time. One of our favorite PlayStation 2 games from back in the day had a remake that just dropped this week. Seth, tell them what we're talking about. It did. Um, it is kind of the spiritual predecessor to one of the games I talked about not too long ago, The Last Guardian, um, made by the same studio and everything, is Shadow of the Colossus, which is regarded as one of the best PlayStation games of all time. And they had a remaster. Um, looks gorgeous. I've seen a ton of videos for it. Reviews are um, amazing for it right now. They It's getting better reviews than it got when it came out initially just because they made it look way better and they improved... Um, kind of like the frame rate issues it had when you're climbing up the climbing up the the beast. I don't know if you remember that at all. Did you mm. did you ever notice that? Not really. No. And that's what actually one of the things that's impressed me so much about Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, this came out in what like 2005 or some shit. Something like that. It's an old. I mean, it's it's a PlayStation 2 game through and through. And for its time, the graphics were amazing for it. Mm-hmm. And how smooth the gameplay was was fantastic compared to everything else. So. I'm really excited to get my hands on this and see how they've updated it because this was easily one of my favorite games from when I played a PlayStation. If, you, if you've never heard of Shadow of the Colossus, basically what you do is you track and kill these gigantic, um, well, they're called Colossus, and they're these giant like rock monsters, and typically you have to climb on them and stab them with a sword. Um, but there, there's a variety of different creatures. So there's like a bull. There's like a t- oh. T-Rex kind of thing. There's a, there's a flying one that's pretty nuts. And it's just it's a super creative kind of action puzzle game that's super, super fun. And I'm glad to hear that it's getting good reviews. Yeah, getting good reviews. They And then the biggest thing that they fixed, uh, people were wanting this for years, but they changed the controls up a little bit and made mm. it less frustrating, which people, if there's one thing people hated about that game, it was the controls. Yeah, the camera uh, was, I remember the camera being kind of rough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they fixed all that and and uh, made it look amazing. I saw, yeah, some of the videos I saw, just like the lighting even, there's, a, there's parts where you're in the forest, walking through the forest, and like they made the lighting where, you know, it goes to the trees and stuff in and out, and it's gorgeous, so... Wow. I'm excited to play it. I'm, I'm all, I'll probably get it after I finish Horizon, the DLC. I'm almost done. I'm such a damn perfectionist when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm almost through with that. I'll have a couple of missions left and probably pick it up after that. Well, there you go. Ordinarily, I'm an I'm an opponent um, of these, you know, uh, remastered re-releases. Like mm-hmm. you know, they did it for The Last of Us and. I think they did like the Uncharted series and a couple other games that were like so new mm-hmm. that it wasn't even discernibly different. I mean, other than if you're a psycho who loves 4K and all that stuff, but like psycho, they're really not. They're really not discernibly different for the for most people. And and they were so new games. It was like two years later that they brought them back out. God mm-hmm. of War, I think, did it too. And but for them to go back to a game that's 10 15 years old and update it to today this is one i can actually get behind yeah and it's it's like they cuz yeah like you said with a lot of the remasters that happened recently it's been more of just kind of tweaking a few things but they completely rebuilt this game uh-huh. they had to put it through a whole new engine and and graphics and and all that stuff and and reanimate a bunch of it so um, it all looks it, you know, look, you would recognize it if you, know, you pulled up a video and be like, oh, that's that Colossus, but you wouldn't recognize it graphically. Right. Uh, which is which is incredible. So, 
I'm just psyched because I, I think I still remember where most of the monsters are. So yeah. I should have an easy enough time. Because I played that game through two or three times. In fact, I, I played it on uh, PlayStation. What now. was the prescription service? PlayStation Now? Yeah. I played it on PlayStation Now three years, like two or three years ago. And yep. it's still awesome. Even the old version is still awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to get your picking this one up. Yeah, I'll be I'll be getting it um, again. Like I said, after after I beat Horizon here in a couple weeks, that's gonna be fucking stellar. I'm excited. They did throw in some Easter eggs too. I saw that uh, online, or I watched a review of it, and they talked about there's some Easter eggs in there. And one of the Easter eggs there's there's a uh, one of the barrels from Last Guardian. Oh, really? Uh, which has turned out to be fucking human souls. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty dark now that you are aware of it. Yeah, fun game though. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Let's get over to physical, physical. Let's go to sports. Sports. <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite. Oh my gosh, it is Super Bowl week. We are coming quickly to Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Only 50 million people in the US care. Um we got Tom Brady's Patriots going up against the Eagles. And <laughs> who have no stars. And it's been interesting to see how this is kind of I, I feel like it's gone back and forth, as is the nature of every Super Bowl when you have two weeks to talk about it. But I, I've heard actually that in Vegas at least, the betting line has changed quite a bit. Uh, it it originally opened where it was the Patriots by a touchdown, and then so many people were taking the Eagles plus the points that the line has gotten smaller, and I think it's only three or four points now huh. because of the betting because Vegas, you know, they have to cover their ass. I think that if it is three or four, and I, I'd have to check to see exactly what it is, but I, I think that to keep it inside of a touchdown makes the most sense because all these Super Bowls that Brady has won, only one of them was has been by six points, and that was the overtime game last year where they really? scored a touchdown. Every other game has been decided by less than six points. Huh. Yeah, which obviously is where the Patriots – thrive is in those high pressure end of game situations yeah but i do think i'm of the opinion that this game will be closer than most people think (laughs) Um, i understand why people why some folks think it'll be a blowout but i I do think it'll be close but i don't think that's a good thing for the eagles (laughs) what are some what are you thinking going into this has your mind changed at all the more you've thought about it the last week no not really i still think the patriots will win and they'll win pretty easily may not be a blowout but i think they'll they'll win pretty handily you know, it could be close, but I think the Patriots will have have it in hand pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because they're. I do think that the Eagles are a really good matchup. Um, they defend really well, and they can they can run the ball and sort of spread you out on offense. So, I really think that where the Patriots have an edge here is in the coaching. Um, I, I know we talked about it last week. You give Belichick two weeks to prepare for someone and you're pretty much fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Patricia also on the defensive side. So I think that they're going to – I think I'm also picking the Patriots for this game. I think that they've won it before they even step on the field with their their game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, though, I'm not, I'm not quite as um, – I'm not going to go shout my Patriots pick from the rooftops like I might have a week ago. The more I do think about this, the closer I think this game will be. I think it'll be a better game than than what people are expecting. And I hope it is. You know, everyone wants a, a good game in the Super Bowl, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like there's a knock on the door. Might have a visitor. I know. What the hell is it? Why would there be anyone here? We don't have any friends at all. 
Hold on, let me get the door. Sup, guys? Sports. We're Lou Hawks. Well, it's Super Bowl week, and I had to come in and, and, and weigh in and give me my picks. God damn it, Lou. You scared Cody right out. You knocked too loud. Sorry for surprising you guys. Well, Lou, it's that time of year again. It's the last the last Sunday of football until, well, really, your your favorite kind of football comes back, college football. But what do you think? This this week, we got the Eagles, the Patriots, we got the greatest of all time versus a backup quarterback. What do, who do you got? Well, Seth, let me tell you, I'm, I'm really excited for the game this weekend, and uh, I got a surprise pick for you. We got NFC's Eagles and the AFC Patriots. They're meeting in Super Bowl Sunday for the championship, and uh, I'm super excited for this one. Uh, some folks are saying that this is an easy choice and are selecting the Patriots. I say not so fast. This Eagles team has superb defense with Malcolm Jenkins, a quick strike offense with Nick Foles, great leadership with Doug Peterson. Lou Holtz says the Eagles are Super Bowl champs after a close contest, 17-16. to 16. Wow. Suck it, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Lou, you've got to get all hostile on me. Very passionate about my picks this week. It's the last game of the season, of course. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it, I mean, how, what are your emotions when it comes to the last game of football until college starts up again? Stress, <laughs> sadness, <laughs> high expectations, also smiles. 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 Happiness. Oh, okay. You'll you'll have smiles during the game, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Excited for the game. You know, this means that we might not hear from you for a while. Maybe not until that tournament that happens with basketball. Talking about March Madness. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I'll be here to talk uh, talk hoops. Love love college basketball. The NCAA. Yeah. You got freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Don't forget though, uh, the uh, you know baseball's coming back soon. I know you're you're not as much of a baseball fan, but you still watch it. Um, some people are reporting to to uh, you know camp here soon. Who talking about the we got the pitchers and the catchers? Yeah, <laughs> they're all it's it's early. It's before the season yet, preseason. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm excited for September, and of course the playoffs and the World Series. That's really all the baseball that I that I uh, that I watch. You don't like though when they when they do the you know the next season you know they have the kind of what, what do they call their preseason again? Oh, spring training. <laughs> I like the uh, the grapefruit league. I go down to Tallahassee. Sometimes <laughs> I go to Phoenix. See the see the White Sox, and the Cubs, and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. <laughs> they don't go by the Devil Rays anymore, Lou. Oh, it's just the Rays. Yeah. Oh man, Lou, we're gonna miss you. I mean, it'll be a couple months, but. Uh... If you can wrap up this, you know, kind of this NFL season with one, one word, what, what would you say? Surprises, <laughs> surprises all season. That's what I think, Seth. Hey, look, I gotta get out of here, guys. Uh, make sure you call Lou Holtz after the Eagles win, and I'll tell you that uh, I told you so. Well, I I can't agree with you, Lou. I think you're being a real real dickhead right now, <laughs> and I don't want you back on until March. Well, Seth, you can suck my balls. <laughs> I'm out of this, bitch. <laughs> Sports. With Lou Holtz. Always a pleasure to have good old Lou Holtz in Man, here. He really startled you, huh? He, you know, he, he scared the piss out of me. <laughs> you had to run right out of the room when he came yeah, in. Yeah, I sprinted away and down yeah. the stairs, and uh, I hid. I hid in the cellar. Is that what you call your, your basement? Yeah, I do. The I call seller. it the cellar. Yeah, it's where I keep my popsicles. But yeah, did I hear? Did I hear right that Lou Holtz is picking the Eagles? 
He is picking the Eagles. That's a little bit of a He's surprise. A jackass. You think? I get kind of a contrarian pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know though. I, I can't. Uh, I can't fault him. Like I said, I think it's a good matchup. Should be a good ball game. And who knows? I guess I either one way or the other. Either me or Lou Holtz will be right. So and <laughs> him and I are kind of, you know, we're soul brothers. So you know, I'll feel like I was right either way. You know. Yeah. I, get, I guess you could say I'm playing Switzerland. All right, let's get over to TV. That's what she said. TV. Well, we're getting finally back into the TV season. We're here in February, and uh, you know a lot, lot more shows are coming back. And Seth, I know you were. I caught you watching uh, Arrow, or was it The Flash? Flash. Yep. So that's back. The rest of the CW shows, I think, are back. Other than um, Legends. Oh, no Legends yet? Yeah. And then I haven't... A lot of people have been talking about Black Lightning and how good that show is. Have not had a chance to watch that yet. It doesn't tie in with the Arrowverse, so it's completely different and separate. Um, I have a feeling they'll eventually bring it in somehow, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet, but maybe it'll go to my list. Who knows? I've seen, I've seen some reviews on that, too, that say it's really good, mm-hmm. and... I may have to check it out. I kind of like what they're doing. Seems like he's uh, he's retired. Mm-hmm. He's an old guy, and he, now he's coming back to uh, fight the rest of the crime, I guess, that he missed. So yep. it's kind of a cool idea. Definitely interesting. Another one of the shows that a lot of people are excited for that's back is This Is Us. There have been, what, two two episodes? Um, no, there's been more than that. There's been like four or five now. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm super behind. But, but they, yeah, they do have their special Super Bowl episode coming on after the Super Bowl. So that uh, that will be something because they've already teased with last week that this will be the, the Jack Death episode. So Yeah, which is, by the way, is not really a spoiler. If, no. you, if you watch that show at all, they have been alluding to the fact that this character is going to have died. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't know how yet. And so it sounds like there's they've already teased how and, and maybe we might actually get to have his uh, death scene on Super Bowl Sunday, which is a really weird... Don't, don't you think that's weird? You watch the Super Bowl and enjoy a great football game, and then you go watch that and probably cry. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I think I told you the other day, I'm like, I'm glad the Vikings aren't in it, because I would be crying just so much <laughs> if if that if between that and Jack's death. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a rough one. I hate, to, I hate to cut off the conversation about This Is Us, but I just got some breaking news that we got to talk about. we got to go back to sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. Have you checked your ESPN app? Uh Uh-uh. I just got an alert. Chiefs agree to trade Alex Smith to the Redskins. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, I just got an an NFL alert. What? That's weird. So apparently they weren't feeling confident on Kirk Cousins coming back. You know where Kirk Cousins is going? Minnesota? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It, It doesn't say yet... It just says they've agreed. Obviously, they can't make the trade yet until the offseason officially starts, which is like a couple months from now, mm-hmm. or at least a month from now. But, yeah, it says they've agreed to trade him to the Redskins. That's doesn't, weird. It doesn't say what the Chiefs are going to get back. That's really weird. They they must really not – either they don't believe in Cousins or they just don't – they don't think he's going to sign. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'm psyched about this, though. I think that Kirk Cousins on the open market is going to be really fun to watch. I'm would, really excited to see where he ends up. I I mean, I don't think it'll be because there's the rumor for a long time with San Francisco, and I think they're going to lock up Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Minnesota might be a landing spot um, just because they 
they haven't really made a commitment to any of those quarterbacks. They're all free agents, and that's a hot spot to be right now. Yeah, that would solve their problems really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, other other spots, I think I think uh, Arizona would be a good one. Mm-hmm. I think Denver might go after him. Miami might be a good one. Miami could be a good one. Uh, they have a nice team. They just mm-hmm. haven't had a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, w- think there's any chance Jacksonville cuts with Bortles and no no not not for not for what they'd probably have to pay both of them mm-hmm. so yeah it's no. gonna be interesting to see uh, he I mean that uh, I think that straight away becomes the most interesting free agency right now yeah um, at, at least pending Le'Veon Bell's potentially going uh, that's to so free funny agency. though because like Alex Smith is a pro bowler this year yeah, and when do you ever remember a team agreeing to a trade this early? I've never heard of it. I don't think I remember this happening at all. Weird. It's interesting. I'm glad glad I got that alert here so we could talk about it on the show this week. That's going to be interesting. And of course, we're going to we're going to follow that as time goes on as we will the entire NFL free agency. So, yeah, that's going to be crazy. I know we'll have to ask uh we'll have to ask our buddy Dan what he thinks <laughs> uh with the Chiefs possibly going with Patrick Mahomes next year. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I don't think possibly. I think it's guaranteed now. He's the he's the quarterback. Yeah, true. They probably won't bring in someone else just mm-hmm. to have maybe him Case Keenum. Yeah, there you go. Who knows? Ah, uh, well, it's Mahomey time. <laughs> All right, let's get back over to TV. That's what she said. TV. So well, was, did we just travel dimensions? It was weird. <laughs> That's the first time we've had breaking news. <laughs> we need a breaking news sounder. We do need a breaking news sounder. <laughs> breaking news. Well, that you you just did the NBC thing and then yelled breaking news. That's yeah. not that's not a new. Yeah, well. Yeah, we'll get to work on a new breaking news sounder. So, besides this is us, any other shows coming back that you want to put in a plug for for people to check out? Yeah, they just announced the Sneaky Pete season two. It's one of my favorite shows, just to say, <laughs> Sneaky Pete. Um, and I was just actually looking because I knew I know March is pretty stacked for shows. So, in terms of just like your week to week shows. Um, Gotham and Atlanta will both be coming back on the same day. I still got to watch Atlanta. Yeah, great show. So that'll be March. That's the beginning of March. And then a week later, in terms of streaming, three shows come back within this, basically this, on the same day, within the same 12-hour period, um, or 24-hour period, I guess. Jessica Jones and Sneaky Pete are both on March 9th, and then looks like Love is on March 10th. Oh, cool. So... I will be watching a lot of television on on that weekend. It's going to be a busy busy month for you. I know mm-hmm. we'll uh, have plenty of TV corners. We may have an entire room's worth of TV corners. <laughs> we'll just do a TV episode. Yeah, there you go. That'll be exciting. And then like Homeland comes back in two weeks, which I'll I'll keep. I guess I'll keep plowing away on that one. Uh, Walking Dead's back in a month. Legends of Tomorrow is back in in uh, within that same Homeland period as well. That'll be on Mondays now too. So. Yeah, a lot of lot of TV coming back. It's an exciting time getting back into the swing of things. Uh, a lot of uh, mid-season cliffhangers, I'm sure, that you're excited to kind of get oh, to the bottom fuck of. fuck off. <laughs> well, one of the shows that, that I've been watching has been uh, Crashing, which is an HBO show uh, starring Pete Holmes. It's kind of like a semi-biograph. If you've ever seen Louie on FX, Louie. Um, it's very similar to that. And they just started their second season. So um, if you have HBO, this uh, definitely gets – I won't get too much into it, but it's just a really fun kind of uh, kind of sitcom-y, but more, more like a 
well, it's like Louie. If you've ever watched Louie, it's it's very, very much like that. But Pete Holmes is hilarious. There's a ton of excellent uh, guest stars and um, sort of supporting actors in it. Really good show. Um, there are three episodes into season two now. Uh, and if you've got HBO, you can check out all the season one episodes as well. So that's just a funny, good show. Uh, people should go check out. One, talking about HBO, one that I keep seeing additional promos for is the show Barry. Yeah, I saw some promos for that today. That looks amazing. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of good guest stars on it, um, which a lot of the SNL alum often do get. But yeah, it stars Bill Hader, and he's kind of like a was like serial killer. No, he's a uh, he's a hitman. Hitman, that's what it is. And he, it looks like in the pilot, uh, and this is all from the promo, so now this is spoilers. It looks like from the pilot, he goes to kill a guy who happens to be in an acting class, and while he's tailing him, he sits in on the acting class. And he decides that he wants to be an actor. Hmm. So he's a hitman slash uh, budding actor, which looks hysterical. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of comedy and some action and, like you said, some really cool uh, guest stars. That's That one is definitely on my calendar to check out. I think it drops sometime in March. Yeah, I'm excited. It, I think it's actually a couple months after that. Oh, like, is it? Not for a while just, yet? From, yeah, from when I was just looking on the TV time. I think it's, an, I think it's end of April. Oh, okay. Um, from what I saw on the TV time app, but they, they might not have it updated too, so who knows. But yeah, uh, that, that trailer looks great. I'm excited to watch that. That one is going to be cool. So other than, um, well, speaking of new shows, I know we talked a little bit about shows coming back, but one of the new shows, it sounds like it's coming out, they've got Metropolis now. Yeah. I know you're a fan of Gotham. This is going to be kind of in the same vein? Yeah, it's it's... Uh... <laughs> which is funny because there's already been a Superman prequel show yeah, no called shit. Smallville, which was on for 25 years. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a Gotham-style prequel show uh, about Metropolis. It takes place in Metropolis with Lois Lane and Lex Luthor solving crimes in a science in a science way, I guess. Science fiction-y way. So we'll see. <laughs> um, Wait, hold on. I, this just occurred to me. I was confusing this. Wasn't there going to be a Krypton show? There is. There, that is already happening. Metropolis. Are they on two separate networks or what? Yes. So Metrop- So Krypton's on sci-fi, and that's about Krypton. So okay. that, that takes place before – that takes place, I think, with Superman's grandpa. So it's not even Jor-El. It's like Jor-El's dad. Okay. Um, Metropolis is a separate thing. That's going to be on the DC, new DC streaming service that's coming out. And it's created by the same people who created Gotham, who are doing Gotham. Um, I think all the, the only people that are actually involved past the first episode, or there's actually no one involved past the first episode that's involved with Gotham, though. It's going to be separate in that way. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be based off young Lois Lane and Lex Luthor solving crimes with science. Well, I do love science, but this sounds like a stupid-ass idea. I agree. It sounds really dumb, because guess what Gotham completely did? They bailed on that idea. They ditched that immediately and said, young Batman. Yeah. And and then they just fucking threw in every character you could think of from DC and made it awesome. Uh, but they did, they, I mean, they did a good job of character development and, and making it awesome. But yeah, they ditched this whole serial crime thing after the first season. Do you think, does the, in, let me ask you this, does the involvement of the DC people, at least at the outset, does that give you a little more hope for it? Not really, because it's the... The synopsis just sounds like, you know, the serial crime. You mm-hmm. know, if, if they were, but you, that's the thing is they they've literally done prequel Superman, and it's called it's called Smallville. Smallville. Go watch yeah. Smallville. You know, the, I get. I mean, there was there was a young Clark Kent on on 
in the world, but he wasn't, you know, he doesn't do anything. There's no, there's no supervillains. There's, no, there's nothing it, like, there's not a past in, in terms of, in terms of Smallville. The only reason that there's any villains that exist is because Superman exists, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like with Gotham, it made sense because there were already bad guys. Yeah. There's bad guys and there's older bad guys that are created and there's a whole world of crime that's already there. Jim Gordon's a cop so that he can build that in. There's like Lois Lane and, and Lex Luthor are not cops. They're, I mean, they're not even friends in the comics. They don't think they even have a history in the comics. So they're just kind of throwing this together to try and make it interesting. And it doesn't sound interesting to me. Well, I can tell you this. Probably Lois Lane is going to be played by a smoking hot redhead. And so that might get me to watch the pilot. <laughs> Well, from there, we got a lot of movie news, so let's get into it. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Let's start in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A lot of stuff going on this week. It seems like almost everything we talk about is Marvel when it's movie (laughs) news. Um, But this week, of course... uh, Yesterday for us, Monday the uh, 29th, was the big Hollywood premiere of Black Panther. And have you seen any of the pictures from this premiere, the red carpet and stuff? Not really, no. It looks nuts. All of the all of the stars and actors and everyone involved showed up in like traditional African clothes. Oh, that's cool. It was so fucking dope looking. And they had a purple carpet instead of a red one. Uh, it just it looked like really cool. Everyone seemed to be really into it. And the word so far uh, from everything I've seen is that the movie's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every review I've said says that it's the amazing and potentially one of the best in the MCU so far. Yeah, that, that's what I've seen too. Um, I'm I'm definitely excited, even more excited to check this out. I think this is gonna break a bunch of records and gonna be awesome. I think the action is gonna be amazing. I'm excited. I've I've never I. Ugh. I mean, this is it's starting to get it's starting to rival Spider-Man levels of excitement for me, <laughs> uh, which if you know me at all, you know that that's an unreasonable amount of excitement. But yeah, it's on pay. It's I think it's already broken the record for Marvel pre-sales mm-hmm. and it's on pace right now by estimations to make 100 to 120 million in its first weekend, which, which is I think that's insane. a low estimation. It probably will be. Much I think higher. it's going to be 150, 175 area. It's going to be crazy. I know you'll catch me there on Thursday, probably Friday and Saturday as well. So, <laughs> I hope so. So looking forward from there in the MCU, of course, we have Infinity War coming out in May. But after that, Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out. The longest we have to go between MCU movies is three months between Black, for starting Black Panther. Yeah, but then in, uh, and after July, we won't have any for the rest of the year. So that's going to kind of suck. Yeah, I'm OK with that. Because that'll get me more hyped for part two of Avengers. That's true. That's true. So speaking of Ant-Man, though, uh, we got a trailer dropped today for Ant-Man. Now, in typical Cody fashion, I am not watching this trailer because I already know I'm going to go see Ant-Man. You watched it, though, right? I did. What I are did. What are some of your thoughts? Are you getting Is it getting you jazzed up for, for the new Ant-Man? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything I didn't expect, really, uh, in terms of the Ant-Man, in terms of, in terms of the, Ant- the Ant-Man. Um I, I mean the again the first movie is one of my favorites of of the MCU uh, in general, but uh, no, I mean the, the it's a pretty short trailer. It's about a minute and a half, and it's kind of you know it's got its comedy moments like you know like the first movie did. There's definitely going to be some cool shrinking and growing um, aspects of it in terms of like the combat, which mm-hmm. would be really cool. Uh, it looks like they've they've built some new weapons that allow them to quickly shrink and and grow things so that'll be pretty neat 
Um, the Wasp looks like looks like she's going to be really awesome. Um, she's got she's definitely the better fighter between her and and uh, Scott Lang slash Paul Rudd, and she also has like blasters in her suit that kind of like Iron Man type lasers, but then they also shrink and, and grow things too. Uh, so that'll be that'll be really interesting with her combat. Um, I think they're going to focus a lot more on the shrinking and growing than this in this one compared to the first one. So, and not just like their suits shrinking and growing, but like other items, objects. Yeah. So, I think that'll be really cool. They, they, I think they'll probably have a higher budget for this one too to make it even cooler in that way. But uh, no, I think it's going to be badass. It's going to be hilarious. Um, there's a couple moments in the trailer that are really funny. Uh, we get Michael Douglas back in this too. Seems like they're kind of got a on their uh, an on the run type of vibe, where they're they're trying to escape the law because Scott Lang's a bad a, a bad guy. He's a bad boy. Mm. <laughs> um, What's he gonna do when they come for him? Shrink. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Or grow. Either way, <laughs> um, he's gonna change his size. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jared did a did a trailer reaction, and he brought up some good points of kind of when this takes place as well because the movie obviously comes out after avengers but the trailer doesn't make it seem to be taking place after avengers because i mean avengers it seems like there's going to be kind of a huge you know huge stakes involved with that and it doesn't really address anything in the trailer and it seems like the world that they're in is is kind of a post-civil war world as opposed to a post-avengers world so that'll be interesting yeah, that is weird also. Why not just put Ant-Man out before if it was going to be set before? I'd, I don't know, maybe. And, you know, maybe you just you can't tell from the trailer and maybe it is set afterwards. Yeah, and to the point of setting putting it out before, I don't think you really could have with Black Panther, you know, or, you know had already been planned and you, you, they had introduced him in Civil War so they kind of needed to get him out soon. And then... Avengers is always May, and that that you have to get in before the before the blockbuster happens. So I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I'm still very excited for Ant Man. I can't. No matter when it takes place, I can't wait. Oh hell yeah, yeah. If they could remove Ant Man from the entire MCU continuity, and I would still go see it. Oh yeah. I think that Paul Rudd is amazing in that role, and like you mentioned, the shrinking and growing, even just in Ant-Man when it was awkward and he couldn't hardly do it, was still really awesome. Mm-hmm. So to to see a fully grown him, and, well, fully grown, pun intended, <laughs> and uh, Evangeline Lilly but busting ass as the Wasp and she obviously knows what she's doing. I, this is going to be really tight. One of my... Uh, I, Black Panther and Ant-Man both I'm looking forward to more than I am Infinity War at this point point. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that I'm, I'm not psyched for Infinity War but just you know these other two characters I think are so awesome that I'm really excited to see what they bring yep. so looking out even further past uh, Infinity War we have Captain Marvel who is a if you don't know it's a female superhero kind of similar to a Superman type except you know a girl and uh, she's going to be played by Brie Larson and we got the first set photos of her. You saw these, didn't you, Seth? Yeah, I did. Uh, with the green, the green looks like Power Rangers type suit going yeah, on. Yeah, it does look. It looks a lot like a Power Rangers yeah. suit. And it's it's different from if you know Captain Marvel. It's different from her typical outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a kind of a precursor, sort of a first outfit, kind of like Iron Man had the Mark One armor mm-hmm. that was the silver. And then they put him in the red and gold later in the movie. I think it looks like it's going to be a similar kind of situation, but yeah, uh, it does look pretty badass. And any picture of Brie Larson is a good idea to me. <laughs> so 
I don't really know anything about Captain Marvel. Is is she set to appear in Infinity War? Do you know? I don't think so. Maybe not in the first part. Because um, this movie takes place in the 90s. Oh, that's right. Yep. So I... And I don't know how it's going to tie in. Maybe she shows up in, in the second one and kind of helps save the day. I don't know. I, I really don't know I, it, it, in terms of what, what their plan is for her. I don't me- remember hearing about Brie Larson being on the set of Infinity War, really. Um, there wasn't, like, any rumors of that or anything. So maybe she doesn't show up in Avengers at all. Who knows? Hmm. Well, I'm excited to see what they bring. I always like not knowing... You know, a lot of the character details going in. Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy was such a treat for that exact reason. So, yeah, and, and uh, kind of going along the lines of who or whom, who or whom may not be in Avengers. Um, Kevin Feige actually talked, I think, yesterday at the premiere that the whole Fox deal. He doesn't have any like inside track on it or anything like that, and because the deal doesn't go through till 2019, they're not adjusting any of their Marvel lineups. And I think they've already finished filming the Avengers. So because the deal doesn't go through, he mentioned that basically we won't see any X-Men characters in this current lineup of movies he's talked about. So everything is sticking to the plan as if they aren't there yet. Sure. Which to me is welcome news. I I think they should – you know, they've talked about Infinity War being – sort of a, a stopping point for the MCU as we know it. So mm-hmm. I like the idea of them finishing whatever their plan was, and then later on they can they can flex those guys in if they mm-hmm. want to. A couple movies in the works that, that we're excited about. One, one that just uh, the news came out this past week. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. Um, it's a book that is a sequel to a book that I'm sure you have heard of called The Shining. So Dr. Sleep is about uh, Danny Torrance, who's the kid from The Shining. He's all grown up and has, you know, more experiences. And there is a movie now in the works for Dr. Sleep, which is exciting. Uh, I haven't read this one, but I read The Shining and really liked it. Uh, I know, uh, I think Mike has read Dr. Sleep and said it was good, but now I got to get that in my list. Um, Not a lot of details so far on Dr. Sleep, but uh, it is in the works, and I'm sure we'll see it in a couple years. So uh, more more King adaptations, please. It seems like there's kind of a rush on those right now after the success of it. Yeah, which, like, I, I get why they're doing it. I just don't know if that's wise. The reason for that is, A, not a good track record of Stephen King movies. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of really bad ones. But the other thing, too, though, is that it was such a different kind of movie. Um, it reached so many different types of people uh, because it, the movie was, it was like three different types of movies. Mm-hmm. It was a horror movie. It was definitely scary, obviously, and you know caused a lot of people nightmares. But it also was a coming-of-age movie. It was a comedy. Like there, there was so many different types of movies in there that people were able to connect to and enjoy that most Stephen King movies are... Or books are just you know pretty. I guess I wouldn't say most, but a lot of the ones they try to make are just strictly horror. Yeah. And you only get that section of the audience. So you know maybe they they're good movies, but they're not. They're trying to make them to reach the same level of success that it did, and I don't think they're going to be able to do that 
until the it sequel probably mm-hmm. it is just so popular even just the book and having had previously the miniseries that was wildly popular um what stinks about this is you're exactly right almost all of the stephen king adaptations just steer directly into the horror but the type of writing that it is because that movie was the book like it was pretty much the feel of the book the, all of those things exist in the book and most of his writing at least what i've read is that way there's lots of comedy and drama and action and also horror it just seems that they always try to shoehorn all of his shit into just being horror mm-hmm. and so i'm hoping that with dr sleep and i haven't read the book so i don't know what all is in it but i'm hoping that as they start to do more of these king adaptations they try to capture all of what stephen king is and not just the horror part yeah We'll see. So speaking of some horror movies, a couple a uh, couple spooky movies coming out <laughs> soon, uh, both from Wait, Fran- what? <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> uh, both of these are from franchises that that we enjoy um, so far. We, I know we saw Ten Cloverfield Lane a couple years ago. Uh, really enjoyed that one with Mary Elizabeth Winstead and John Goodman. Uh, obviously, there was Cloverfield. Which I, did you see Cloverfield? Not the original, no. I, I didn't see the first one either. It's mm-hmm. kind of a New York monster movie, but mm-hmm. anyway, more sounds like more in the works in terms of well, in the works and in the can. It sounds like also yeah. for the Cloverfield series. Yeah, so the the whole Cloverfield movie universe is very interesting because they, it seems like they're just making movies like very secretively. Um, the so they already announced the third one, which is called God Particle. It's actually been done since September of 2016. They, they wrapped filming. But Paramount, who owns the Cloverfield franchise, they saw the, the most recent version of God Particle and wanted some reshoots with J.J. Abrams. And J.J. Abrams wanted some reshoots as well because he's, he's really been the, the head of these movies and at least the kind of the final, the final decision maker of these movies. And so... They they realize that these reshoots are going to be quite pricey, and with J.J. doing Star Wars, they don't want to wait on it. So they are potentially going to – it sounds like that they are going to sell the movie, and one of the potential – the lead potential buyers is Netflix. So Netflix could be buying God Particle and putting it out on, on the stream, their streaming service. Along with that, too, though, they've just filmed, finished uh, filming the – what they just announced what was spec- speculated and then now is announced the fourth Cloverfield movie uh, called Overlord which is a World War II movie with some supernatural elements involved and they confirm that's the fourth in the, the Cloverfield universe so we could be getting multiple Cloverfield movies here pretty quick potentially back to back which would be interesting that would be exciting I hope I hope Netflix gets them and puts them out if, if any other studio gets gets them, even though they're done, I'm sure they'll put one out and then wait three or two years to put the other one out. I feel like if Netflix gets them, they'll just put them both out or yeah. at least put them out, you know, within a couple months of each other, which I yeah, would I think like. they'd probably stagger them a little bit. But yeah. I'm just I'm, ex- I'm really excited to see more of what's this universe has to offer. We've really barely only cracked the surface in terms of Cloverfield and nobody really understands what it is yet as a series. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really excited to learn more about it. Especially based on 10 Cloverfield Lane. That movie, just in and of itself as a standalone, was excellent. I really enjoyed it. But then in terms of like what it means for the whole you know, universe, if you will, um, really interested to see what, what, uh, what, what comes out going forward. Yeah, I didn't – in I, 
mentioned several times I'm not a big fan of horror movies, but I enjoyed that one quite a bit, Cloverfield Lane. Didn't, though, when we saw it, he didn't they really officially announce that it was a Cloverfield sequel until later on? Well, here, here's what happened with the first one is that movie was never meant to be a Cloverfield movie. It was just a movie um, with the bunker story. Then when the script was out, you know, where wherever it is they are before someone buys them up and makes them, um, they bought it and made it a Cloverfield movie. And so it was already going to be a movie about a guy in a bunker, but then they added the Cloverfield elements in later on after, you know, the movie was mostly... You know, it, the script was written. I so just, that whole movie wasn't written with the idea of being Cloverfield until later on. I just kind of remember, though, that when it came out, like they were denying it still being Cloverfield related. And I think that, you're right. Yeah. And then it wasn't and like he said it might be. He said, it, I, I think I remember him saying something along the lines of it. It's not a sequel, but it's kind of not even same universe, but just kind of the same idea of Cloverfield, and then he f- then he came out later on and officially announced this is a sequel. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's weird because you just you know so little in both of those movies. Mm-hmm. You know so little, so it's hard to figure out what connects. Which is really cool. I, I like that. It's kind of like John Wick in that same way. It's like yep. you don't know a whole lot. Part of it is just finding out what the world is. Yep. Which is really cool. Yep. Well, uh, other exciting things. Uh, to learn about, uh, I'm talking specifically about uh, Split. You remember that one, I'm sure, from a mm-hmm. year ago. Did you ever actually see it? No, I did not. I know I described it to you. You did. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out before the Glass movie comes out. Yeah, so that that's the news. Uh, Glass, which, by the way, if you don't, it's been a year, right, hasn't it? So I'm going to spoil Split for you in Oh, my a second. God. But, yeah, if you haven't seen it, just go fucking watch it. Anyway, skip ahead 30 Whoa. seconds if you don't want to hear uh, Split spoilers. So, yeah, so you find out that Split and Unbreakable are related. They exist in the same universe. So now what we have coming up is Glass, which was a sequel to both those movies where it sounds like James McAvoy and Bruce Willis are going to face off. And I think the movie's set to come out about a year from now. I think it's early 2019. And they've started showing, uh, like, test screeners to some folks. And I don't know really about what was in it or anything like that, but I did read today that um, the response to the test footage that they've been showing to folks has been uh, really, really well-received, which is exciting. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this movie. It'll probably show up in one of my most anticipated for next year. But glad to hear that they're moving along nicely and that uh, people are enjoying what they've got so far. Yeah, I'll have to check this. I'll have to check the others out. I've seen parts of Unbreakable. Um, it, it was interesting for sure, but uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna have to check it out. I think this is just this is Shyamalan's wheelhouse. You know, he's he's tried so many different things that have failed, but I think that he's at home in this little series, which really excited to see how it continues. Um, I think we're gonna get Sam Jackson back as Mr. Glass, so. This is going to be exciting. A lot of uh, a lot of people are really getting geared up for this one. Another uh, another series update. Uh, I guess you could call us fans of the Purge, right? We enjoy those movies. Yeah, we've we've watched them all, but the most most recent one. We I think never we watched, haven't seen the latest one, which but... I think that's on Netflix now, or not Netflix, but uh, HBO. Oh well, there you go. Well, we got to watch the newest uh, Purge, and it sounds like. Uh, Details have come out about what's to come in the Purge series. Yeah, I mean, we we already knew that this is going to be a prequel. Purge. So it was going to take it was going to take place during the first purge, and 
lo and behold, there's your title for the, for the newest movie is called The First Purge. Um, so I'm interested to see that. I think I think they're going to kind of scale it back a little bit compared to the last few because I know like the last one we watched, we saw in theaters, it was, was it, because it was Purge. It was Anarchy. Anarchy. And then the newest one was Election Year, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So yeah, we saw the, the one where, because the, the last few were him, just the, the main guy that they've instated in, in, what what word is I going for? Installed. Installed, I guess. Um, since the second one is kind of like the hero, mm-hmm. where he kind of went around and was was beating ass and stuff, but uh, it's just about basically him going around saving people. And it seems like this one's going to kind of go back before that and show what what the first purge is like. And that's that's really interesting because I think the idea of the purge is way better than the actual movie itself. Oh yeah, by far. And so I, I hope they, they really capture that and show, like, what what the established purge, how that came to be. So I'm excited for it. Uh, kind of a funny little thing, though, is they the, the poster is the red Trump hat that just says the first purge on it instead of make, make America great again. Mm-hmm. It's the first purge. So I feel like they're going to try and make a little political statement with this movie. <laughs> but I, I think it's, I think it's, it's kind of a funny, a funny little you know, marketing tool and, and really an interesting movie that I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm just excited for when they reveal that the first purge took place in 2019. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting twist. So a couple pieces of quick hitter news. Uh, one that I'm very excited about. Dun, 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 dun. The new Mission Impossible movie has a title. Oh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was Born Identity. No, this is way better than that bullshit. Mission Impossible Fallout is the title of the new movie. It's coming out in July. Uh, we've gotten a couple details about it. Sounds like the bad guy from the last movie is going to be back somehow. Um, they captured him at the end. Maybe he'll escape and be causing more ruckus. Uh, most of the cast from the last one is back, uh, with an exception being Jeremy Renner, who couldn't get away from uh, Avengers to film this one. So that's kind of a bummer. But pretty much everyone else you know from Mission Impossible is back. This is kind of interesting. It coming out in July... Um, they had to postpone filming for a couple months last year because Tom Cruise broke his leg. But they they went back and filmed the rest, uh, but they didn't change the release date. So the editors are going to have a hell of a time uh, getting that out in time. So that's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Obviously, I mean, it's a they they really haven't had a bad movie in this franchise. So no. it's they continually put out good movies, and it's it's obviously Tom Cruise's favorite thing to do. Oh yeah, because he he, anytime he's he's out talking about these movies, he has so much passion for it. It seems like, and he's always he's well, he's always got a smile on his face because he's a fucking crazy person. <laughs> but uh, no, but he just it seems like he he loves doing these, and he'll do them until he can't walk anymore. Apparently, so which is all we want. Just keep <laughs> making them, Tom. That's all I'm saying. I'll be there for everyone. So a bit of Oscar news. This is kind of interesting. I don't think a lot of people are going to be surprised by this, though. I know I wasn't. Sounds like Casey Affleck is going to be skipping the Oscars. Um, If you don't remember, he actually won for Best Actor last year for Manchester by the Sea. And tradition is that the Best Actor um, presents the award for Best Actress the following year, um, which would have been pretty awkward because Casey Affleck is among those who have been accused of um, some sexual misconduct in the past, mm-hmm. and him, he even before he won last year, he was dealing with some of that. So that's it's he's it's been going on for quite some time. 
And I kind of expected the Oscars to do something about it, like not invite him or something. But he has decided on his own, apparently, to uh, pull out and um, and not show up, which I think is good. Uh, it yeah. was just going to be a distraction and, and made people uncomfortable. So I, I think that's the right decision. Yeah, and I know a lot of, like, that was kind of like the, the sounds of it from his his camp, too, that, you know, he was he was the one pulling out. But, the, you know, he, he may also have been advised to do it or asked by the Oscars to do it potentially who knows that's you know? true yep. um, you never know those situations but it was definitely the right move to do it um, could potentially run into the same situation too with next year with Gary Oldman yeah um, who's the heavy favorite right now for for the uh, the best best actor winner and uh, you know the more of the story of him and, and his domestic abuse with his wife is kind of coming to light with this as, you know, as it would with being in a high profile situation like this and as it should. So, um, we'll see, uh, see what happens next year with it. And you know, if he ends up winning kind of what the repercussions might be. Yeah. Always interesting. Uh, God, I wish we could just talk about movies, you know, but, uh, we always got to deal with this bullshit cause these guys all suck, <laughs> but Let's uh let's actually get to some movies. We saw a few of the Oscar contenders over the last week, so we're going to get into a couple of reviews. Let's start with, well, let's go in the order in which we saw them. Seth, I know you went to one last week that I didn't get to see, so why don't we talk about that one first? So, yes, the first movie I saw, um, definitely an Oscar ten- contender up for Best Picture, uh, Call Me By Your Name, which has had a lot of buzz over the last several months. Um, at one time was the leading candidate until kind of more and more buzzes has come through with the three billboards and Shape of Water with Golden Globes. But um, definitely worth the potential Best Picture nomination, So, or Best Picture win, definitely worth the nomination. So for those who don't know what this is about, it's kind of a, it, I mean, it kind of the, the drawing to it was that it's a, it's a, a love story between two guys, one 17-year-old boy played by timothy chalamet and what they never really say his age but he seems to be like in his 30s um played by army hammer so really though after watching it it's you know it's more of a coming of age love story um the timothy chalamet's character names elio um i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right because it's it's italian so um he but he like i said he plays a 17 year old kid living a he lives a pretty you know extravagant life he's his parents are pretty rich what seems to be anyway, lives in a nice house in Italy. It sounds like he's traveled the world and things like that. And he's kind of a guy who gets what he wants when he wants it type thing. He's a pretty popular guy. He has a lot of friends and all that. Army Hammer plays Oliver, who comes in and stays with uh, Elio's family for the summer. He's helping uh, Elio's dad, played by Michael Stuhlbarg, um, who it seems to be kind of like a, not, not really an archaeologist, but he digs up like treasure and things like that. So uh, he's helping with his job. But it's quickly apparent in in the movie that uh, Elio has some sort of feelings for Oliver, um, which at first kind of seemed be, to be more anger and jealousy, and kind of shift as the movie goes along. Not this isn't spoilers; you can kind of get this all from the trailer. So if you've seen the trailer, uh, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. And in, in some of these ways, um, their characters though are really captivating. Um, they a they they both give excellent performances, uh, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet, but the whole time, it's, I mean, it's a somewhat long movie. It's its about two hours, 15 minutes or so, maybe a little bit less. But I just kept wanting to see more and more of these characters and, and their interactions together. Uh, their, their story is really, really interesting and really kind of a beautiful story to watch. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. 
you know, in in terms of media and, and other movies that have come out, and, and we had a conversation about this a couple couple nights ago. Um, you know, the, in terms of homosexual relationships in movies, you don't you don't really see one that's kind of a they, they take kind of extreme paths, you know, right. and they take kind of you don't really see anything that ends up being kind of a normal situation or a well, and this this really isn't normal either. But it, you don't see anything that's really I think, like you mentioned, a lot of time people die. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. times people die, or they are forced apart, or it, or they're hated by people. And that you don't get that in this movie. This is more of a normal relationship in that way. Um, I never really saw them at, really at, as a homosexual couple. I, they, they they were really, you know, it, it was it was a love story. You know, and and they did a really good job of doing that and 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 sh- showing that these two characters cared for each other and really wanted to be together which was awesome um even the the fact that it was a love story between a 17 year old and a 30 year old i never really thought of that even if it was a movie about that of, of, of a straight couple um you know being in a relationship like that if, if it was a straight couple it's still like if 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 you put them in the same situation with with same caliber of actors i would have never thought of it that way mm-hmm. you know it, it was it was that kind of story because the the love they shared was so so real on screen and interesting i it was it was it was really good the way they they executed this um the movie as you can tell by how i'm talking about it, it's an incredible movie uh their performances are are outstanding it's it's a damn shame that army hammer didn't get nominated for supporting actor because he he definitely should have been oh well woody harrelson was so it's cool yeah um i'd 100 percent recommend this for anyone who wants to see Obviously, the Oscar movies, uh, it definitely should be at the top of, of people's list for that. Um, or anyone who just wants to see a, a love story, and especially a love story that kind of that breaks the mold of a stereotypical love story. I mean, it, it's it's one of the most real ones I've seen in a long time. And um, this movie, um, not to be undersold, Michael Stuhlbarg had a great performance, too. He's, he's, he's like I said, he's the father for Timothy Chalamet's character. Um, he he's not in it a ton, but when he's on there, he's very effective. And there's a scene with him and Timothy Chalamet at the end of the movie that is definitely my favorite scene of the year. Um, easily, it's a probably a five to ten minute scene, one of the most emotional scenes, and it it's it's incredible. Um, they they should they were they should have been nominated just for that scene alone. If the rest of the movie they were shit, <laughs> they should have been nominated for that scene alone. Um, it, it's it's really good, but it, I mean, this movie takes takes a genre of the kind of romantic com or not not romantic comedy, take a, ro- a romance movie, and also a coming of age uh, coming of age movie, mixes it up real well, kind of flips it on its head, and it's it's. I, I mean, I mentioned it the other night when we were coming home from another movie we saw. This is the more and more I think about this movie. It, I mean, because it does make you think, but the more I think about this movie, the the more I. It, it's coming to the top of my list and starting to kind of compete with three billboards for me. So it's, I loved it. I loved every second of it. That is very high praise. And I'm really glad to hear it. Uh, I, I was already excited to see this movie because I just love love and a good love story. Mm-hmm. And from what I had heard before, this is a really good example of that. So to hear you uh, laud it like you have uh, has me even more excited to see it, mm-hmm. especially because. Uh, you've never really been much of a romance movie guy yeah. in general. This this movie is nowhere near what I would I would assume is like your wheelhouse. Um, no, yeah, it's it, it just it has so many good messages to it. It um, 
it's such a real like it, it's not a real I mean it's not a situation that either of us have ever really run into you know and and the fact too that it takes place in like Italy there's so many different parts of culture that I'm not used to in this movie mm-hmm. but just their relationship is so real because anyone can relate I wouldn't say anyone because not everyone's been in the situation but a lot of people can relate to um a situation where it's like you're not supposed to be together type thing or a um really wanting someone and wanting something to happen that is maybe not realistic you know like those type of situations a lot of people can relate to that but it's also just even if you can't relate to it in that way it's just acted incredibly well and the story is written incredibly incredibly well and i mean there there's things that you can even little things you can hold on to in this movie that i think anyone can enjoy um what there's definitely going to be barriers for some people uh i mean it, it's not it's it's definitely there's some controversial moments in this movie but uh, overall it's 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 just so damn good <laughs> i'd recommend it for anyone you said a couple of things that reminded me of a conversation that we had a while back about ladybird where even though that movie is about a you know a 17 year old white girl mm-hmm. um both of us found parts of that movie that we could really grab onto and identify with, mm-hmm. even though it's someone that's so different from us. And it sounds like a lot of the same is true about this one. Um, yes, to a lesser extent. I think Lady Bird had more of that, and it's more a movie that more people can accept. Mm-hmm. Um, because this movie is much more controversial, for for sure. Sure. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's definitely some graphic things that happen in this movie. I'll put it that way. Sure. And I guess when I say I recommend it for anyone, I recommend it for anyone who loves love you know romance movies and also people who love the oscar movies mm-hmm. um i wouldn't recommend this to like my dad sure yeah <laughs> um or your dad right um but i would definitely recommend it to pretty much all my friends uh, i'd recommend it to anyone who loves movies in general like you know and appreciates movies so yeah it's i mean it's it's really damn good I'm psyched to get to it. It's it's playing uh, it's playing down in Iowa City, which is a little bit of a drive for us. But especially after hearing this from you, I think I might make the trip down and, and make a special point to go see this one. Oh yeah. Let's see. The next one we want to see over the weekend. Uh, a lot of people's front runner right now for best picture. Uh, it's Shape of Water, uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. He's uh, and Ed Sheeran. And uh, and Ed Sheeran. Yeah, he's in love with the shit. And um. Nominated for the most awards this year, I think it was 13. 13, one short of the record. Yeah, so people are really, really excited about this movie. Um, what do you think? Do you think all that excitement is warranted? How do you how do you compare what you thought to what a lot of folks are saying? Um, I did. I I do think it's warranted. I think there's a lot of really cool um, concepts in this movie. I think there's. I think it's acted again very very well, um, especially Sally Hawkins. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, she does an incredible job for not being able to really talk in this movie. Yeah. Um, she does an awesome job. Um, Octavia Spencer does a great job in this. Michael Shannon is great. Um, you know, Michael Stuhlbarg is also in this too. Um, oh yeah. It's just funny. There's a lot of um, crossover this year. There's a ton of it, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Timothy Chalamet's in Lady Bird too. So yeah, it's there's. I mean, it's it's. It's definitely warranted of, of the awards it's getting because I mean it's nominated in almost every category, uh-huh. <laughs> um, at least a lot of the the you know the, the main ones. Um, and, and when I was watching it, I mean there there's times where I was really contemplating like you know this this could be up there with my one of my favorite. I mean I think it's in my probably my top three or four that I've seen this year um, for the Oscar nominees. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of great things you can say about it. There's a few things that kind of took me out of it mm-hmm. uh, at times, but um, overall, I, th- I think it's definitely deserving of of the attention it's getting. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I I really enjoyed this one. Um, it's definitely well. First of all. Um, if you're not familiar with The Shape of Water, um, this is a story about a it woman. It takes all shapes. It takes whatever shape uh, of the container that you put it in. <laughs> and anyway, so it's about this uh, woman played by Sally Hawkins. Uh, her name is Eliza. Is that right? I think so. And anyway, she works. Uh, she's a janitor at a one of those like top secret science facilities. And she discovers that the science facility is holding a basically a merman so he's like a six and a half foot tall man except all scaly and with like gills and shit um he doesn't look like a man he's not like sexy it's just like a it's a it, it looks like a fish man no he's he's sexy to her he is sexy to her though because um she her character is mute so she can't speak and she immediately develops this interesting connection with the creature and uh, they kind of strike up a friendship and then everything sort of spins out from there. Um, There's a kind of a love angle. There's a little bit of an action angle in this movie. Um, Michael Shannon plays a sort of a military guy who's in charge of um, basically keeping the fish man, keeping the creature, uh, keeping him locked up. He's the security guy. And so Michael Shannon is kind of at odds with Sally Hawkins at various points throughout the movie. Octavia Spencer plays her good friend, who's also another janitor, and she's just like a she's just really the comic relief of the movie. I think uh, very funny. Yeah, always talking about how her husband's lazy and shit like that, and really just providing some dialogue during some really quiet scenes, which was I think very welcome. Um, Richard Jenkins is that the guy's name? Mm-hmm. He, uh, you might know him as the dad from Step Brothers. <laughs> he he does a he has a really interesting turn as Eliza's uh, apartment. I don't know if he's a landlord, roommate or something. Yeah, roommate slash well, no, good friend. They don't live in the same place. They live yeah. At, yeah, they live next door, and they're good friends. And they both have an appreciation of of high art and music, and uh, dancing. And so that's kind of their connection. And I don't want to give away too much of the plot here, but. Um, there's a lot of I would agree with what I think everyone acts tremendously in this movie. Mm-hmm. This is some of my favorite Michael Shannon I've seen in a long time. I really like Michael Shannon too. Um, Octavia Spencer is fantastic. Did she? She's nominated for the Oscar. Yep. Is that right? Her Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. Yeah. Um, Richard Jenkins is nominated as well. All of which are are fantastic. Yeah. Um, I thought Mike, and Michael Shannon's not, and I thought that was I think he was for Globes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was kind of a snub. I really liked his performance. I agree. I think uh, definitely he could have filled that Woody uh, Woody Harrelson spot, which that, I think that's going to become a joke from here on out. Is who could have who could have been in instead of Woody Harrelson? Mm. But uh, Michael Shannon was fantastic. All the acting in this was tremendous, which I think goes without almost goes without saying for Guillermo del Toro uh, Best Picture nominee. But uh, obviously we have to mention it. Uh, what did you think of sort of the the feel of this movie, right? So like the visuals and the sound and everything. What, what are your some of your thoughts on that? Did you did you enjoy the 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 feel of this one? Yeah, definitely added the the music added to this movie quite a bit. Uh, the score in general added to the the movie quite a bit because it took place in what like would have been the I think it was the late forties or fifties. 
Yeah, something like that. Or no, that. it was the Cold War, so it was probably 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Um, and it kind of, it and with kind of the art they enjoyed, it, they, it was like a French-type feel, mm-hmm. um, which that was a lot of the music to it, too. And it, you know, kind of had a musical feel to it, even though it wasn't a musical. Um, yeah, it, it was, it, it definitely added to it and, and helped, helped put me in that, put me in that, that frame of mind for that movie. The one thing that, for me, that doesn't really put it as one of my my favorites for the the Oscar nom- the Oscar nominated movies is when I walked out of that movie. I you know I thought oh that was a good movie, but it didn't really provoke any other thought for me. Uh-huh. You know it, it it was what it was and it was a good movie and acted well and really made well and directed well and all that. Like I I can understand all that, but it doesn't really have anything in terms of of like a character study a ton I guess. Um, I guess you can kind of make the point there for a little bit of that, but for me, it just didn't really have anything I could think about after. You know, it, it didn't really have anything that made me feel deeply, like some of the other movies have. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that. There's some of the really emotional parts of this movie are really difficult to connect to because of the creature, um, which I think is part of that. And then also, you're right. They just they give you everything, mm-hmm. which isn't nece- which isn't necessarily a negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like a movie that gives me all the information I need and doesn't make me ponder it later on. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about Oscar movies, that's something that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. The movie's pretty straightforward. There are some things that kind of. One of the things I really enjoyed about this was they say a lot in the movie without speaking mm-hmm. because Sally Hawkins' character is mute and the creature can't speak. Um, there's a lot that happens between the two of them that they have to show you on screen rather than tell you. And I really enjoyed that because the movie doesn't – it doesn't really hold your hand through the whole way. You've still got to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so I did enjoy that. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Like you said – They give you everything you need to know. It's not very provocative in terms of thought. Um, There are a couple scenes, I would say, that are provocative, but not in that way that it's going to stick with you for a long time. Um, Yeah, in terms of being the frontrunner for best picture, I I don't think it's my best picture, but I I do understand why it's a lot of other people's. I think that Guillermo del Toro puts this together magnificently. The way that it's shot and the music involved and, again, what they're able to, to... show you rather than tell you in this and all of their performances. I, I thought this was a brilliant movie, um, even though I wouldn't maybe say it's my favorite out of the Oscar uh, nominees so far. Mm-hmm. So the third one, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about Phantom Thread. Uh, we just went to this last night, so on Monday. And this one, Phantom Thread, if you're not aware, is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, it's apparently going to be his final acting role he says he's retiring yeah, he said um, that like three or four times yeah he is uh he's back with paul thomas anderson uh, they last teamed up together for there will be blood which was amazing so phantom thread is about a a guy named uh, his last name's woodcock what's his first name i don't remember his first name yeah anyway it's about a guy who pp woodcock yeah pp philip uh paul woodcock oh i just meant penis Oh, okay. Anyway, penis makes dresses. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis's character. Man, that penis really got you, got you all shook up, huh? <laughs> I hate when that happens. Uh, Reynolds. Reynolds Woodcock. Reynolds Woodcock, yeah. So, Reynolds he Woodcock. Makes, uh, he also makes uh, plastic wrap, too. 
Oh, Jesus. In tinfoil. Anyway, Reynolds Woodcock is a dressmaker. Um, he lives and works with his sister, uh, and they have a very famous line of dresses that they custom make for royalty and famous people and all of that in Britain. And I, I think it's set sometime during the second half of the, ni- of the 1900s, but we really didn't understand when exactly, but it's not really important. Anyway, Reynolds meets a woman named Alma, and they strike up a relationship, and the movie is really about their relationship and him and his work, and there's a, it's, it's, that's pretty much the plot, is he is kind of a workaholic, and at times that gets between him and Alma, and it's about each of them dealing with that and just the progression of their relationship throughout a course of time. First of all, I will say this, the, the acting in this movie is, is so, so good. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that for a lot of these movies, we've said, oh, it's acted really well. But this movie is acted fucking incredibly. The Daniel Day-Lewis and uh, I, I don't know the actress uh, who plays Alma. She's like from she's like a French actress, mostly. Anyway, the two Vicky of them, Crapes. Vic, Vicky Crepes, uh, the two of them are fucking phenomenal. I could watch the two of them just talk to each other for two days and I would be entertained. Um, and that was the very first thing I, I wanted to say because the acting in this was so far and above. I, I know that a lot of people are saying Gary Oldman for um, Darkest Hour is sort of the front runner for best actor, but... Uh, don't count out Daniel Day-Lewis because I think the more people see him in this, the more they're going to consider him as as a, a real contender um, this year. So that that's kind of the first pro, the first thing that I wanted to bring up was how, how great the acting was. What are some of the things that you noticed on this one? Yeah, I mean, I would agree on the acting part of it. Uh, this one also was one that I, I mean, I definitely left kind of thinking more more than I thought, like with Shape Water. It definitely has, gives you more to think about. Um, I just wasn't as huge in a huge a fan of this one as, as you were. Uh, I thought that the, the pacing of it was was very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of compared this with Shape of Water, in ter- or not Shape of Water, compared with this with Call Me By Your Name and how that movie flew by for me and I was, I was engaged the entire time and wanting more and more, whereas Phantom Thread, I was, I mean, I was definitely into it and, and enjoyed the acting and, and all of that and enjoyed the directing and and this the score again was great for this but i wasn't involved as involved with the story as i was like call me by your name mm-hmm. um i was i was sitting there more thinking about the acting as opposed to you know kind of being invested in it as much so i don't know it, it i think i think it's a very good movie um and i think it it is deserved of, of a best picture nominee um but it's it's definitely towards the bottom of my list of the ones, and I that was actually the last one I had to see. I've seen all the best picture nominees now, um, so that that one's definitely towards the bottom of my list um, for for overall best picture. Yeah, I definitely I liked this one more than you did, which I think is an interesting kind of flip um, because this is very much a character study, and uh, typically that's what you go for, and I don't. Um, so it's kind of weird. And I, I really, it's very hard for me to put my finger on exactly why I loved this movie, but I, I did. I really, really liked this. Um, I loved it, in fact. And part of that also was the, the tone they set in this. It's shot in this kind of old school looking way where it looks like it was shot in the 50s. And there's a lot of piano music over the top of what's going on. 
And just everything aesthetically about it looks, it not only looks like it's set in the 50s, but it looks like you are yourself in the 50s watching this movie (laughs) as it comes out. And I really, really enjoyed that. It was weird for like 10 minutes. But then once you get settled into that, it really sucks you all the way into that time. And I thought that they did an excellent job of making you feel like you were in an old school movie like that. So I, I really, really liked that. And then just the interesting bits about how the two of them interacted. I think that this movie says a lot about dependence on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis's character has, he's such a, he's like a very strong character and very demanding and very in control. But there are also sections of this movie where he's very needy and relies on other people a lot. And I think that that's an interesting dichotomy and he does both very well. And I don't know if that's what, Paul Thomas Anderson is trying to say with this movie, but that was what I was able to connect with in this was how even the toughest of people are are super needy sometimes. And so that was something that I, I really rode that wave. And just the, the interaction between the two of them and the way not only that he needs others, but the way that she needs him as well. They're, the the dynamics of their relationship were super interesting to me. Um and I do recognize to your point that it this was it was very, very long and it very slow paced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of musical interludes. It's a lot of long silences while you while they process things. Ordinarily, that would be a con for me. But in again, for whatever reason, this specific movie, because it was done this way, I enjoyed it. I think if I watched 10 movies that were shot in a similar way, I would only like one of them. <laughs> but this happened to be that one. I, I superbly enjoyed this one. Um for a lot of reasons, but primarily it was it was the acting and just the the interesting relationship that those two had. It was it was really cool to get to kind of get a look into that. So between the three, I think I know the answer to this, but just so we're on the record, between the three of these, uh, so Shape of Water, Phantom Thread, and Call Me by Your Name. Uh, what was your again just for these three? What was your favorite uh, of the last week that you saw? Yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious. Uh, it, it's it's definitely Call Me by Your Name, and it's yeah. not close. Yeah. I, uh, for, for me, it was Phantom Thread. I liked Phantom Thread better than I did uh, Shape of Water, uh, but I am very, very excited to see Call Me By Your Name. Uh, that's going at the top of my list. That'll probably be the next thing I see. Um, and I think it's got a pretty good chance to uh, to be my favorite after uh, after having seen these. There's a couple more that I need to see. I think I need to see Darkest Hour and, yeah. and uh, Call Me By Your Name. Those might be the last two Best Picture noms that I need to see. Yeah, so there's a few left on there, uh, but just a couple in the best picture category. I, it's still, it's really up in the air for me in terms of what I'm going to pick. Really excited to get to, um, it'll be a few episodes from now when we make our Oscar picks, but uh, I'm really excited to see how that goes down, and it'll make the Oscar show very exciting, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I also know that uh, Jared has been to at least Phantom Thread and Shape of Water. I don't know if he's seen Call Me By Your Name yet. I don't think he has. Uh, I don't remember that review, but yeah, he saw Phantom Thread, Shape of Water he saw a few weeks ago. Yep. So make sure you... I, Tanya, he saw as well. Yeah, he's doing work. Uh, he's done a lot in the last month in terms of reviews, so make sure you're checking out Jared Buckendall on YouTube. Of course, you can find him on all the other social medias at Jared Buckendall, so... Um, don't forget to check that stuff out, especially if you're listening to us on YouTube, uh, which we've been doing for a couple weeks now. So that's very exciting. Uh, keep doing that. Make sure you're subscribing if you're here on Jared's page uh, listening to the show. 
but that's really going to be it for this week. Make sure you're subscribed to us wherever it is you're listening. Leave us a review on Podknife. Uh, tweet us. Uh, send us email. Um, what, however it is you want. Just wanna, one. Yeah, send us an email. Just one. Uh, however it is you want to get in touch with us all that information as always will be in the description for this episode Um, talk to us about who you think should uh, win the various Oscars especially Best Picture who are some of the picks that we should make who are some of the picks that I should make in order to beat Seth in our contest Um, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl Uh, are you excited for Shadow of the Colossus anything that we talked about today or anything you want us to talk about in the future you know how to get a hold of us if you check out the description below but that is going to do it for episode 29 as always we will be back next week for the so-host Seth Ott this is the co-host Cody Michael and we'll be back next week bye bye